0: Good morning, everyone. Let's sing Away in a Manger, okay? Sky look down where he lay the little Lord Jesus does sleep on the habers too. The Thank you, Valerie, for playing that. Thanks for your good singing, Alan Pulliam. Come and put the lapel mic on. Alan will be teaching about angels. What a great time of year to be teaching about angels! I'm looking forward to it. Amen. Well, I'm going to have to ask you to be patient with me. <clears throat> um, this is kind of a new process that I've never really done a lot of teaching off of fancy outlines and. And and, uh, Denise would be the first to testify to the fact that I I, uh, humed and fumed and and at times uh, stomped my feet regarding the um, operation of the computer. I'm kind of techno-challenged. And oh, by the way, yeah, there are complete packets over here of the uh, outline if you want to gather those up and There's a hole punch over there if you're putting them in three-ring binders. I'm sorry about that. I should have said that right off. But um, then I'm also working out of a a Bible that uh, is kind of like my security blanket, but it has recently been rebound. Um, Many of you met Dr. Schrader um, when he was here. He took my old preaching Bible that was just falling apart. And he took it home and he rebounded it, but being a new binding, it's a little stiff. So I may not be as quick in finding references as I might normally be. But um, you know, it's it's kind of like that security blanket. You just when you get you know you just love that one Bible. I've got like seven or eight on my desk, but boy, when I come to preach or I come to teach, this this one seems to be the one that says, "Yeah, take me." <laughs> so there's that. We're going to be talking about angelology in the next probably four to five Sundays. Um, we d- I wasn't sure what to do with uh, with uh, Christmas Eve Sunday, and Matt said yesterday we're not going to have Sunday school that day, so so that'll work out fine, I think. Um, I've got a lot of stuff to get through. Uh, I may have to adjust some of how I go through it and what we do. I don't know. We'll, we'll just get here together, okay? Amen all right angelology now i put the little cartoon on yours i don't have it on mine but one of the things that i need to remind you is there are some things that you cannot be totally dogmatic about and some of the things about angels are kind of like that we we yeah there's there's a lot of you know it's not like you can go to a chapter and verse or or a book in the bible and and learn all there is to know about angels You have to kind of look through the Bible, you have to find those um, accounts of when when angels interacted, and you have to kind of look and say, all right, what was this angel doing in these senses? It's it's not always as clear-cut as maybe this guy would like it to be doctrinally, so that's kind of what we're doing. The first point here is going to tell you kind of how I've laid it out in my mind, today we're going to talk about angels are for real and what angels are like i probably will not get through all of that so that'll probably spill over to next sunday and we'll also talk about what they do um i had planned for the angels and jesus part we'll probably take that out um or we might not i don't know yet um we're going to talk about fallen angels and we're only going to do one sunday on fallen angels okay Um, There have been volumes and volumes and volumes written about demonology and Satan and and the evil stuff. I'm not going to focus on the evil. We need to be aware of it. We need to know that it exists. We need to know how to deal with it. But we don't need to spend an absorbent amount of time on it. We as Christians have victory over that. When we know that, we just acknowledge that they are there And we need to go on, okay? So that's just a a personal point of mine. Almost every doctrinal book that I looked at spent uh, what I thought was more than should be on that particular. I want to look at the positive, okay? What the angels are for that. And then we will finish up with angels today, what they mean to us today and in the future. We'll probably look just a little bit at prophecy and what the role the angels will have in prophecy. So <clears throat> bear with me and we'll try and get through all of this together. All right. One of the things that is going to affect us in all things is that there is a secular fascination with angels. And maybe not as much today as in the past. How many of you have, have seen a movie or a TV program or or some other representation, a commercial representation of by this little angel or or all of these things they they tend to shape sometimes our understandings, or they at least have an influence. okay We have to acknowledge that sometimes um, that secular fascination is something that comes to, to light and everybody thinks, well, so-and-so died, so they're an angel in heaven now. Well, that's not the way it works, right? But that's the secular fascination, the secular um, ideas that have come come up. David Jeremiah in his book says, probably no major theological issue has received as much secular attention in modern times as the doctrine of angels has in our day. I think his book came out in about two thousand five, two thousand six, and that would have been at one of those high points of TV program You know, Whoopi Goldberg, for heaven's sakes, played an angel once upon a time, and how many other people? I mean, I think John Travolta did, and I, you know, but that's that's out there, and it was it was very common. You would expect Christians to be delighted at this and start rushing to make the most of this fresh opportunity for spiritual dialogue with the non Christian world. But a good many Christians don't know what, if anything, to think about angels. We're going to try and correct that as we go along. Because anything that is more dangerous to to the believer than anything else is ignorance of the scriptures not knowing why you believe what you believe. And hopefully we can stick with the scriptures and we can understand what God has revealed to us about angels. Now, what about the eyewitness accounts? How I many you've, you've all heard them, right? That I, I saw an angel or, or an angel visited me in a dream or, or um, there's, there's so many out there. I think it was in... I don't know if it was David Jeremiah's book or Billy Graham's book. And by the way, I'm I, using Billy Graham's book, Angels. It is, the one I have is the second edition. If you have the original one, it's the white cover with the angel, angel, angel. This one was done just a few years later. Billy Graham updated a few things, did a second edition. I used that. I'm using David Jeremiah's book on angels. I'm doing uh, some out of Ryrie's uh, study book that we had up here. Um, and of course i 've got no less than five study bibles that that I use as references as well so so that 's kind of where the information is coming from. But what about those eyewitness accounts? Are they valid? Are they not valid how can, How can we question well, we can in scripturally, but how how do we question someone who believes what they've seen or understood and we're going to hit a few of those and 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 let those mostly lie because we could go on and on and on about talking about those but where they may be appropriate we may share some of those but most of you have heard at least some of them right an angel pulling somebody out of a burning car or or things like that okay But the scripture reality is, and we know this in 2 Timothy 3.16, says all scripture. And what, what is that, some scripture? No, it's all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. So what is angelology? It's a doctrine. For reproof, for understanding what we see around us or what we've heard around us, for correction at times, for instruction in righteousness so that's where we're going to depend John Calvin is quoted as saying let us remember that on the whole subject of religion one rule modestly, modesty and soberness is to be observed and it is this in obscure matters not to speak or think or even long to know more than the word of God has delivered ok ok So with that, I'm going to give you uh, three warnings that I um, have stolen or or borrowed, let's say that, okay, from David Jeremiah's book. The first warning is that we must not create or reshape angels according to our own fancy. We need to steer clear of the modern make-believe about angels, and we need to trust only the Bible's perspective. What does Proverbs 3, 5 say? You can look there while I get a drink. Probably most of you can quote it. Yeah. Pastor Matt has it. Trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. By the way, I'm, I'm particularly going to be using the New King James as, as I teach. And again, it's just what I'm a little bit more comfortable with. Um, so that's where that, that's how the little bit of difference in wording is. But, okay. So we must not create or reshape angels according to our own fancy. We need to be aware of that. Okay. We need to be careful with that. Warning number two. We must never let angels replace God in our lives. Most of you would recognize Exodus 20. What is that portion about? The Ten Commandments, exactly. Verses 3 through 5 says, "'You shall have no other gods before me. "'You shall not make of yourself a carved image "'and any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above that. "'It is in the earth beneath.'" or that is the water under the earth. Someone look up Acts chapter 17 verses 27-28 for me please. Acts 17 27 through 28. Okay. So our focus where we live and breathe and move and have our being is in who? God. It's not angels. We cannot allow angels to take his place. And, and a lot of people have, have fallen into that trap. They've moved that direction of, of replacing God with this idea of angels. And so that's the second warning. The third warning is this. Angels must never receive our worship. What does Romans one twenty five say? Someone. Amen. We're going to find out as we go through this that angels are a created being. They are created by God. And far be it from us to worship the creature rather than the creator. We must never fall into that trap of, wo- of, of worshiping creation or creatures, individual portions of creation above our God. He is the one who deserves all of our worship. How about uh, Revelation twenty-two, eight and nine? Someone. This book, worship God. Okay, so even the angels themselves recognize that they do not deserve to be worshipped. They're a servant, not unlike us, although they are not quite like us. And we'll we'll discuss all that as we go through. But the angel was telling John, who who must have been just blown off of his feet. I mean, it says he fell on his face, right? And here's this glorious creature of God telling him all of these things to come. And and his natural reaction was to, to worship the angel. And the angel says, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't worship me. I'm just a servant, just like you. Sure. Absolutely. Oh, that's any of you. If you wave at me. yep you're right and then we'll also talk about christophanies in not next not this sunday for sure but um, those that were worshiped that accepted that worship were um, manifestations of christ so we'll get to that all right but thank you yes in fact that's what caused satan to fall right he he wanted to be worshiped he wanted to be above god or equal to god and we'll get to that as well all right so let's talk about the angel of the lord just briefly now and then when it comes up later i've got a whole section on it but just to recognize that many of the references that we will see the refer to the angel of the lord exodus thirty-three twenty, <clears throat> tells us that no man can see god's face It says, but he said, you cannot see my face. This is God speaking. For no man shall see me and live. And yet, we will see angels of the Lord. And we'll talk about that when we get there, that for some reason, Christ has chosen at times to appear as an angel to certain folks or in the form of an angel somehow. I don't understand it all. But we need to acknowledge that there, especially in the Old Testament, are Christophanes or manifestations of God called Angel of the Lord. Okay? So, here we go. Dive in. Angels are for real. From Genesis to Revelation, their reality or their uh, existence is assumed. Okay? From, from the first part of Genesis, from the angel that was placed at the, the gate of Eden, clear to the end of Revelation, where they're taking part in the judgment and, and wrapping up the things that John saw, everywhere in between we see the evidence of angels. There are estimated to be over 300 references in the scriptures to angels. Now Jesus spoke of them. Somebody look up Matthew 25, 31 for me. Matthew 25, 31. And, and notice that there are more scriptures that I've written down. That's your homework. <laughs> if you want to know further, you, if we were to look up every scripture, we'd be here till uh, next Christmas. Matthew 25, 31. All right. And who's talking there? Jesus. Yes. And so he acknowledged the presence of angels. Over just a couple pages to 26, Matthew twenty six fifty three. So Jesus, again, is acknowledging, the, hey, look, guys, don't you think if I called them, if I asked the Father, he'd send 12 legions of angels to help me? So he he's he's acknowledging letting us letting us know that they exist. Okay, now they're created by God. Colossians one sixteen and seventeen. Somebody wants to look at Colossians. Somebody else go to Hebrews one seven. We'll look at these two. Okay, how many things? All things, right? All things were created. So, if we acknowledge, and we'll look at a little bit more that, in a, in a moment, that angels are created, they are created not only by Christ but for Christ and in His direction. Okay, how about Hebrews one seven quickly? Okay, He makes them right. All right, and as we go through this, we'll find out that sometimes angels are referred to as spirits, and sometimes as flames of fire. There's there's a lot of of shall we say pseudo names or or hint names that um, maybe you want to call them what, are the, what, what nicknames? I don't know, but we'll see that as we go through. All right, so they are created um, by God. Now there's some speculation that goes on here with with point number d uh created on day two here's how you can get there okay i'm not going to say dogmatically that this is the case but if we get there look at job 38 4 through 7 Mm -hmm. okay so we as as god is questioning job he's giving him some questions to answer right and we know that Job winds up saying, you're God, I'm not, you know. But in this questioning, what, what is he talking about when, when he's, he's uh, um, sharing with Job? What, what is the event that we see there? Yeah, and specifically the creation of, let me get there. The, the foundations of the earth and um, who determined its measurements uh, who laid the cornerstones when the morning stars sang all together and the joys so, so in that early st- setting of creation of the earth itself which uh, was accomplished on when day two okay So the first day, remember he he created the heavens and 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 all of that, then 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 he brought together the creation of the earth, the foundations of the earth, right? If you look at Psalm 104, 1 through 5, is a similar picture of going through creation. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great, you are clothed with honor and majesty who cover yourself with light as the garment who stretched out the heavens like a curtain he lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters notice the waters who makes the clouds his chariot who walks on the wings of the wind who makes his angels spirits his ministers a flame of fire in verse 5 who you who laid the foundations of the earth so that it should not be moved forever. So by applying that process of creation that that David's talking about here, the psalmist is talking about, we see that angels can fit in there at about the time when the foundations of the earth itself is being created. Now, would I be dogmatic on this one? You already know I'm not going to be terribly dogmatic on all things. But it was created on day two probably. Now, some would say, okay, why wasn't angels listed in the list of things that were created? Why did God not put in Genesis chapter 1 the term angels? My speculation... But what I would say is because angels were not going to be under the dominion of man. Because remember, all of those things that God made, including the earth, he told Adam, you shall have dominion over them. But angels were not to be under man's dominion. They are under God's dominion. They are his servants. They do his will at his bidding. And so, to answer that question, if you would, I would say because they're not supposed to be under the control of man. That's something you don't want to be overly dogmatic about, but I think it's a valid argument. Okay? So, how many angels are there? Lots and lots, a mighty multitude. All right, someone. We already looked at uh, Matthew twenty six fifty three. Remember how many angels were there? Yeah, Jesus said I could call down twelve legions, and in roughly that's probably about one hundred and forty four thousand. That's an interesting number, isn't it? <laughs> but we'll leave that alone. When we'll keep moving. All right. What about Hebrews twelve twenty two? What does it say there, someone? innumerable okay it's kind of like the stars right who can count the stars well some of these scientists think they've counted them right they, they don't know and not only does God know the number of stars he knows the number of angels probably has them all named and knows their names I mean after all the scripture tells us that he knows the hairs upon our head now some of us have less than others but God knows all of them and so this innumerable legion of angels he has and knows okay psalm 68:17 says the chariots of god are 20,000 even thousands of thousands the lord is among them as in sinai in the holy place thousands and thousands and thousands that's a big number right that's counting like our government counts, right? But it's a lot. How about Daniel, chapter 7, verses 9 through 10? Someone want to look there, and I'll look up the Revelation one. What's that? All right, I know. I I get to going too fast. I should have warned you early on to to lube up the hinges of your Bible because we were going to be moving along. I'm sorry. Holler at me when I get going too fast, all right? Just say, wait a minute, slow down. (laughs) All right? Very similarly in, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Then I looked and i heard the voice of many angels around the throne the living creatures the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands now you could probably take a representation of those and multiply it out on on you probably couldn't do a standard calculator because unless you do exponents right <laughs> okay well what does it mean it means a lot And in the scriptures, typically when it says thousands and thousands and ten thousands, it's it's just meaning an innumerable, an uncountable, in man's eyes, number. And that inexpressible amount, but God knows each one of them. Isn't that a blessing? Okay, and then thousands and thousands on that like I said counts like our government does dollars right (laughs) okay let's move on to point f and we'll get somewhere in this page and we'll call it a day all right they are heavenly beings or at least the good angels are heavenly beings okay good differentiated from fallen or or evil angels they are heavenly beings somebody look at Luke 22:43 for me Luke 22:43 Okay from where heaven All right so their normal abode is in heaven Okay that's where they dwell uh, Matthew 24:36 for me okay angels where in heaven heaven. okay that's again their normal dwelling place Uh, first i mean john the gospel of john chapter 1 verse 51 jesus himself says most assuredly i say to you hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of god ascending and descending upon the son of man all right so we're going to be witness to angels from heaven descending upon the son of man back and forth they travel back and forth time time travel if you will or or rapid travel and and there's a whole bunch of implications to that as well okay but they dwell in heaven let's try and get through spirit beings and then we'll wrap her up for today okay spirit beings hebrews 1 14 you'll find you might want to put um, one of your ribbons there or something as we go through this study we'll come back to this scripture on a regular basis hebrews one, fourteen. all right so these are spirit beings he's talking about and they are sent to do what to minister okay we can get excited about that because God's representative angels were created and sent on his will and his direction to minister to us now we think sometimes what do we mean by spirit okay A.W. Tozer says this spirit means existence on a level above and beyond matter it means life subsisting in another mode spirit is substance that has no weight no dimension no size nor extension is in space these qualities belong to matter and and can or see and can have no application to spirit yet spirit has true being and is objectively real now we are spiritual beings as well but we are more physical than we are spiritual, or we're spiritual and physical at the same time. Let's put it that way. Now, on occasion, angels will show up, and we'll talk about this when we get there, as men. And they will be, I mean, they're like you could touch them, you could feel them, they sit down and eat with you, those kind of things. And, and we'll, get, we'll get to the section on that. But they can be like that. They're also sometimes called... Like wind or the spirit idea, Psalms eighteen ten. Someone quickly. Someone look look at Psalm eighteen ten, and then we'll look at the fire part of it in Exodus three two. Okay, you see, there's all kinds of references to the idea of wind or spirit. What does Psalm 18 say, someone? rode upon the cherub and flew upon the wings of the wind. The wings of the wind. And we'll talk about cherubs and seraphims and, and all of those fun things a little bit later as well. Okay? So, on, on the wings of the wind. How about Exodus 3 2, someone? Right. So, this is going to be another one of those possible Christophanes or or Theophanes, if you want to go that, but it still is representing a fire. And there's many more. Um, Ezekiel one thirteen, Daniel. 10, uh, ten, four through six or revelation 10, all speak to this idea of fire or legs of fire it described in, in Revelation. So those are the things. Um, sometimes it's referred to as stars or what I would call orbs of fire or a very bright light. Remember how many times even at the at the um, at the tomb when, when Mary and, and the ladies went and, and they see the, the angel there, what did they describe? Very bright. And, and we see that in a lot, of, a lot of forms as we go through here. Um, so someone quickly judges 520. Okay, so we see the idea of stars there. In Revelation 10.1, it says, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. Again, we see a very, very bright representation to to the human eye. Um, Stars. Henry Morris, uh, one of the fathers of creation... Uh, research and, and uh, the whole creation science said this. He said, this concept is beyond our naturalistic comprehension, but that is no reason for us to reject or spiritualize it prematurely. We do not know the nature of angels. Man was made of the natural chemical elements and is therefore subject to those electromagnetic and gravitational forces which control these elements but angels are not so bound they can fly swiftly from God's throne to earth when God commands them and they are not limited by gravity or other natural forces folks these were sent or created to minister to you isn't that cool isn't that exciting all right let's play father god we thank you so much for your word and how it teaches us and guides us and directs us if we will only let it and father as we study this study i I should have prayed earlier father for your spirit just to open the hearts of our understanding and the eyes so that we might have eyes to see and ears to hear what you have for us the truth of god father we we Just praise you for revealing yourself and your servants, the angels, to us. Help us to learn together and understand more about who you are through this Sunday School study. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll take up from here next week and charge on.